Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Monday, September 18th. Local leaders are calling the immigration system broken. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. County health officials say there have been tuberculosis exposures at two local Chu's fitness gyms. The dates of potential exposure were at the gym's Mission Valley location from January 4th to February 22nd, and at the Chula Vista location between February 1st and April 30th. Members and employees who are at highest risk at the Mission Valley location have been notified, but members at risk of exposure at the Chula Vista location have not been identified or informed. The county says people who were at the Chula Vista gym in the afternoons between February and April are most likely to have been exposed. A county spokesperson says they do not think the two exposures are related. Demolition equipment is being moved into place this morning in preparation for construction of the first-ever affordable student housing project at 16th and C Streets. The seven- and eight-story buildings will serve students attending San Diego City College. The Community College District is using state funding to build the complex. Ricky Shabazz is president of City College. 800 students are going to have an opportunity to live in downtown in about two or so years, paying rents under $1,000 if we get this right. Demolition of a child development center on the site begins tomorrow. When it opened nearly two years ago, the Blue Line trolley extension that ends at UCSD was praised as a big move forward for commuters. But the group Circulate San Diego organized a mile-long walk audit through the neighborhood surrounding the Nobel Drive station. The walk helped identify safety concerns, says University City resident Trey Hanula. You know, there's a lot of sidewalks that are inadequate for not just everyday uh, students and, and shoppers, but also those with, um, you know, mobility um, impairments, um, visual hearing impairments. It's, it's not super safe. The walkers' observations will be included in a report to the San Diego City Council. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Dozen more migrants were dropped off at the Oceanside Transit Center Friday, and local leaders are calling it a symptom of a broken immigration system. North County reporter Tanya Thorne has details. City officials got a heads up about the arrivals, giving local organizations time to set up basic resources. Local nonprofit organizations set out food and water, clothes, and power to charge their phones. Volunteers were also helping them coordinate travel arrangements to their sponsors. 
really basic necessities. We're helping them contact their sponsors and, and working through the logistics of booking a plane ticket or arranging transportation to the airport. Janet Reeves is with Interfaith Community Services. She says most sponsors are quick to book plane tickets, but some can't afford it, leaving organizations looking for ways to cover the cost. In statements, North County Congressman Mike Levin and San Diego County Supervisor Jim Desmond called out the federal government for the lack of resources provided. Tanya Thorne, KPBS News. Fifty-five years ago, the crew of a U.S. Navy spy ship was captured off the coast of North Korea. The crew was tortured for months before the U.S. arranged their release. And now survivors are demanding that Congress make good on promises to compensate victims of terrorism. Military reporter Andrew Dyer has the story. It was Christmas Eve in 1968 when 83 crewmen from the USS Pueblo landed in San Diego after 11 months of captivity and torture in North Korea. James Kell of Chula Vista was a Navy chief in 1968 on the Pueblo in charge of special operations. He says surviving nearly a year in captivity came down to three things. Faith in God, and my country, and my Navy. Pueblo survivors are among a cadre of victims of state-sponsored terrorism who qualify for compensation under a victim's fund established by Congress in 2015. Others include survivors and families of those killed in the Iran hostage crisis, the 1983 U.S. Embassy bombing in Beirut, the 1996 Kobar Towers bombing, and the 9-11 attacks. Kels says survivors have only received a fraction of what courts have awarded them, and the funds been depleted. Andrew Dyer, KPBS News. A pending agreement between state leaders that could have helped steady California's uncertain insurance market fell through last week. Now Californians are facing another fire season with no guarantee of stable access to homeowners insurance. CalMatters Capital Reporter Alexi Kosef explains. So as people have probably been hearing, California's insurance market has been collapsing over the last few years, and it really reached a breaking point this summer when several major insurers, including State Farm, stopped writing new policies altogether. So state lawmakers and the governor and the insurance commissioner came together with the industry to try and figure out how they could potentially keep them operating in the state. And the main way to do that is to allow them to raise premiums to cover the potential losses from increasing wildfire risk. The problem is that a lot of lawmakers were worried that this would basically be a giveaway to the industry and that there would not be enough balance with protections for consumers who are going to have to pay more in the end. This will probably kick over now to Insurance Commissioner Ricardo Lara, who has a lot of regulatory powers to do things that the legislature was considering. And if he doesn't act this fall, I would expect that we'll see another bill again next session. That story was reported by CalMatters reporter Alexi Kosev. San Diego's looking to close access to a rocky area in La Jolla to protect a growing population of sea lions. Metro reporter Andrew Bowen says visitors have been getting too close to the animals. Point La Jolla is a small outcropping between La Jolla Cove and Boomer Beach. It's a popular spot to watch sea lions, but people have been doing a lot more than just watching. Some will see just how close they can get or try to take photos with the animals. That can lead to aggressive behavior or mother sea lions abandoning their offspring. 
The area is already closed to the public during the pupping season from May to October. The city council will vote Monday on whether to close it year-round. Harassing sea lions is a federal crime that can result in hefty fines and prison time. Andrew Bowen, KPBS News. Coming up, the speed and the ease of use that comes from an electric bike is attracting riders. We love e-bikes because it's getting more cyclists on the road and because we want to expand cycling as a mainstream thing. The more people, the more mainstream it is. Some ER doctors are calling motorized vehicles unsafe. We'll have that story and more just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, a journey through computation, data analysis, and real-world applications. Learn more about the online Master of Data Science program from UC San Diego at omds.ucsd.edu. A lot of vehicles that used to only run on human power have been electrified, like bikes, scooters, and skateboards. Their offer of greater speed and ease of use has encouraged travelers and environmentalists who want to reduce our reliance on gas-powered cars. But are they safe? SciTech reporter Thomas Fudge has the story. Chloe Lauer shows me her electric bike in a downtown park. She points out the video screen that displays her battery charge. So this is like a full battery. You can see how fast you're going, and then this is the pedal assist. And the tools that control the bike's motor. And you can put it up, you know, using the up arrow or down. Electric bikes can be pedaled like a regular bike. They can run solely on their motor or help you pedal, giving your leg power a strong motorized boost. Some cyclists have called electric bikes a game changer. Lauer, who is director of the San Diego County Bike Coalition, does not disagree. We love e-bikes because it's getting more cyclists on the road and because we want to expand cycling as a mainstream thing. The more people, the more mainstream it is. The goal of getting people out of their cars and onto a bike is a step toward addressing the threat of global warming. Transportation accounts for half of San Diego's greenhouse gas emissions, but the move to electrify bikes and scooters has raised concerns among people in emergency medicine. Dr. Vishal Bansal is chief of trauma at Scripps Mercy Hospital, and he's seen a lot of accidents linked to motorized scooters, a lot of them available on the street for rent. You can pick one up anytime and start driving it. So if you're intoxicated, if you have really no good experience on a scooter, no one is wearing a helmet. At least I haven't seen that when I'm seeing these people in town. UC San Diego did a study about just over 100 hospital admissions related to motorized scooters in 2017 and 2018. They found a dramatic monthly increase in admissions during that time period with a wide variety of injuries, something Bansell can vouch for. We do see a fair amount of head injuries. Head injuries can be mild, moderate, or severe. The majority, luckily, are on the mild or moderate side, but we have had some severe head injury and death from head injury from these vehicles. Wrist and rib fractures are also common. And what about e-bikes? Bansell says he sees a lot of kids riding them unsafely and he thinks their speed is not properly regulated. To me, this subject is personal. 
Years ago in San Diego, I was hit by a car while riding my bike to work. I suffered traumatic brain injury, and I did end up in the Scripps Mercy Trauma Ward. It was three months before I was well enough to return to work, so I know what it's like to ride an unprotected vehicle on a road full of cars. You know, when you do have that interplay where you have bicyclists, you know, right next to cars, you're just, you're essentially putting a tank next to, you know, this itty-bitty, you know, sticks, <laughs> itty-bitty sticks and someone in their itty-bitty helmet. So it's, it's kind of a formidable task to go biking on our regular streets. Elizabeth Barrera Rivest is also an emergency room physician who sees the worst results of that mismatched vehicular traffic. She's also a member of the Health Advisory Committee of San Diego's Climate Action Campaign. You want to talk about health risks. She says those that come from climate change are severe and numerous, including asthma, heat stroke, and premature birth. The UCSD study on e-scooters describes the vehicles as inherently dangerous. Barrera Rivest argues their level of safety depends on the user. Same as anything else, you have to take control of your own personal safety. And if they're treated as a toy, then certainly they're not a safe modality. At San Diego State, racks of e-scooters are available for rent, and you see them zipping past pedestrians on sidewalks and bike paths. Cesar Jimenez bought his own, and he drives it to school after he parks his car off campus. I asked if he feels unsafe on the roads. No, I don't, to be honest. No, not really. There's certain areas of uh, San Diego that definitely... I think it would be nice to have uh, like uh, those spaces for bikes or scooters. Robin Kaminsky does not have a car, and she commutes to campus on her e-scooter. When I go in the bike lane, which we're technically supposed to, it really just does not feel safe at all. Uh, You know, cars don't care about your safety. But with new electric cars going for more than $60,000 a pop, Barrera Rivest says finding an affordable, global-friendly way to travel may depend on bikes, scooters, and the like. I think that we face a choice where we either have to make some sacrifices to be more environmentally friendly or, you know, we face the greatest existential threat to humans. Thomas Fudge, KPBS News. It's Hispanic Heritage Month and the San Diego Unified School District has a first-of-its-kind flag flying over its administration building. Education reporter M.G. Perez has more. The San Diego Unified School District decided it was time to honor its Latinx students with a flag showing their pride and culture. A team of educators designed the new flag, now flying over the district's headquarters for the next month, honoring Hispanic heritage. Haiti Savala is instructional coordinator of equity and belonging programs serving all campuses. We wanted to find an image that represents kind of all of that, and there's not necessarily like a Latinx flag, so we just kind of wanted to come up with something that represents lots of different countries, so we figured just actually getting the images of the flags like in a hand just to show unity. Beside the many Latin American cultures and countries represented on the flag, there is the Spanish word orgullo, which means pride. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. The San Diego County Fair is going back in time for next year's fair. Let's Go Retro will be the theme. So get out those poodle skirts, baggy pants, and grunge flannels. 
Fair spokesperson Tristan Hallman says it will all be back in style at next year's fair. You know, no one does a theme like we do. And we're very excited about this particular one because I, and you can see the excitement in, in both our community and our staff in, in terms of the nostalgia that we can bring to this fair. In addition to retro fashion, Hallman says people can expect retro arcade games as well as musical blasts from the past. Next year's fair will run from June 12th through July 7th. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. Join us again tomorrow to hear about how the closure of the Pedwest border crossing is impacting businesses on both sides of the border. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Monday. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org.